0: This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 K-E-Y-K, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key.
1: I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, March 4th. It's the winter drawdown. The Lake of the Ozarks water level has dropped to 654 feet of elevation, about six feet below its summertime level. Waterfront homeowners may find their docks on dry ground, but the drawdown isn't all bad. With the water level so low, it's a good time for riprap seawall construction and seawall repairs. A hot dry Wednesday brought grass fires to the lake area. Four grass and vegetation fires occurred. Three fires were in Osage Beach and a large ground cover fire was handled by Mid-County Fire Protection District with Osage Beach assisting. If you're wondering whether it's safe to burn, call the fire district burn notification line at 573-346-3262 to find out if it is a burn day the st charles boat show is happening now at the st charles convention center the show brings lake of the ozarks marine dealers to the st louis area through sunday and will be the only boat show in st louis this year so if you're in the st louis area and looking for your next dream boat Or just want to dream of boating for a day? Now you know what to do this weekend. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life. Lakeexpo.com.
0: Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key and Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and bobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock serving the entire lake area.
2: Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. High school basketball district tournament championship tonight at Osage High School. It will be Versailles and Fairgrove playing for the right to advance into the state playoffs. Versailles got there with a big win over California in the semifinal, eighty-two to eighty. The Tigers twenty and nine on the season now. California season ended with a nineteen and six record. Fairgrove beat Osage. Uh, 66-54 in the semifinal to advance. So again tonight it's Versailles and Fairgrove for the district final in high school basketball. Max Creek Boys and Girls Coach Ron Dugan featured on this week's Lake TV High School Basketball Coaches Show. You can see that every day at 10-2-6. Dugan's uh, Lady Pirates team finished with a 23-3 record. They had the best record of a local team of any of the teams. College basketball weekend. It is the MSU Bears opening play in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament tonight, quarterfinal round. Number one seed in the tournament is Northern Iowa. MSU, the Bears, number two seed, Drake at three, Loyola four. Loyola Chicago, the reigning champion and favorite. And uh, Bradley has won two of the last three conference tournaments, so they're also a favorite. Missouri State, very good this year, though. The Bears 22-9, and nine. As they go into conference tournament play. Major League Baseball should be playing some spring training games right about now. And gearing up for a new season. Instead they're fighting over a new working agreement. Early regular season games have already been canceled. This is baseball's ninth work stoppage. Players have been locked out since December 1st. Hockey play: St. Louis Blues losing earlier in the week against the Rangers. They'll be at the Islanders to play again tomorrow. Mizzou baseball six and one to start the season. They go into a weekend series against Tarleton. Mizzou softball: the Lady Tigers twelve and four. They've got Bradley on the schedule this weekend, and the NASCAR boys will be at Las Vegas this weekend. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns. 7, five and 11 every day lake tv bringing you five local lake area shows and don't forget about uncle chris at the top of the hour almost every hour he's hilarious lake tv can be seen on como channel 90 free on roku and streaming live 24 7 at mylake tv.com i'm chris schneider with your key radio lake tv sports update for this friday
0: programming on key radio made possible through a generous donation from victoria station misty atkison talks about the very incredible and popular wall art you'll find at victoria station
3: we've always been known for our wall art um, we have a large selection of both metal art and framed art canvas prints in traditional and in uh, the nautical themes and so we're a destination for wall art we're also known for a large variety of lamps we like cool unique lamps that'll give give lighting in your living area not just a utility lampshade there that's producing light but to add the decorative features to that um, we are going to feature a section in the store of american-made products some of those are locally sourced and some of those from the midwest and we'll We're really excited to be able to do that. We're still located at five four six five Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit, and the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily nine thirty to five thirty.
0: This is your chance to get involved in Community Radio, Lake of the Ozarks, with 89.3, The Key. It's 807. Good morning, and thank you for joining us on a beautiful Friday morning at the Lake of the Ozarks, March the 4th, 2022. we got a great weekend, folks. We have got just a marvelous weekend lined up. A uh, couple of things here that uh, we've got going on, weather-wise, of course, uh, some nice weather today, just a beautiful day. I mean, you can't beat it with a stick. Right now here in uh, downtown Osage Beach, broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. It is 40 degrees and plenty of sunshine. Plenty of, plenty of, plenty of sunshine. 73 the high, 56 the low. We'll get up to a high tomorrow with uh, some clouds. 74, low of 37. 58 with uh, some showers possible. Tomorrow afternoon, I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon and evening. High 58, low 35. Uh, Maybe some uh, rain, snow mix in the morning. On Monday, otherwise a high of 40, a low of 26, 50 the high on Tuesday with a low of 29 degrees and plenty of sunshine, 53 on Wednesday, 61 on Thursday. And then uh, we're going to take another trip back into the 30s for a couple of uh, days and bounce back nicely as we get into the middle of the month of March with some upper 50s and 60s. Obviously, all of that can change in an instant because where do you live? That's right. You live right here in the beautiful state of Missouri, where weather, uh, you know, kind of just does its own thing. As I said, we are up to uh, 40 degrees, make that 43 degrees now in uh, Osage Beach, with a few clouds moving through, but overall, just a spectacular day. I have uh, talked to my wife and I said, you know what we need to do? Because most everything that I have to do today will be completed by hopefully around noon. Uh, I said we need to get out and just take a day trip. Just go somewhere. Just drive. Just point the car in a general direction and uh, and go and and drive as far as you want to drive uh, until you come across something that you would like to uh, stop and see, see some folks you want to visit with, whatever. Lake level at six fifty four point one six. River level at five fifty three point six seven. And the annual winter drawdown continues, folks. It's uh, it's about where they would like it at six fifty four. And so they will probably maintain uh, this level for uh, some time, again, to uh, offset any rain or snow that we have that uh, could fill things up in a hurry. 8.10 is our time. Hey, coming up on the program a little later in the hour, we've got Bob Lynch from the Missouri Department of Transportation. If you would like to know more about uh, anything regarding roads, bridges, infrastructure, Bob will be in. You can call us at 573 633 53.95, and talk to Bob directly. Also, Dave Maupin in the 9 o'clock hour. Dave is the author of Among the Dogwoods, keeping an eye on what's shaken at uh, Cameron County Commission meetings and reporting directly back to you, the wonderful listeners here at Key Radio. And uh, by the way, we are the uh, only radio station that uh, airs what Mr. Moppin has to say and helps to chronicle. Now, you can sign up for his uh, his blog. It's easy to do, and we'll tell you more how to do that uh, coming up uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. But right now, let's uh, turn our attention to the wonderful, the lovely Bev Aylin. She is uh, joining us this morning, Concerned Women for America of Missouri, and they're always making sure that uh, you're aware of uh, what's going on uh, in our state legislature, they uh, try to get folks together, like minded people, for rallies and uh, to get behind certain issues and to make folks aware of other issues. But uh, it is always a pleasure to have her on this morning, Bev. Great to have you back. Good morning. How in the world are you?
4: Good morning. Well, happy March 4th. It's yes. my favorite day of the year. <laughs> yeah, March 4th. We don't retreat. <laughs> so. March 4th. Anyway, yes. Uh, yes.
0: Very good you said we don't retreat on march the 4th
4: we no well we don't retreat anyway we always are marching forth at least they have a day dedicated to us now today that's so, right it that
0: day and, and it, it's an actually it's actually uh, a day that we celebrate march 4th it says get ready to kick start your dreams and aspirations this march 4th day and so uh yeah a good day to maybe kind of Take control of your life once again and, and start moving things forward if you haven't already been doing that. So uh, what? Uh, let, let, let's talk a little bit about what's been happening up in uh, in Jefferson City. In particular, something that has uh, had its ups and downs, and that's this uh, congressional redistricting. Bev, this has been uh, quite an interesting uh, point of contention uh, for our state legislature.
4: Well, you know, I don't have a whole lot to report on that because um, they didn't bring it up this past week. We kind of thought they might because they're getting close to spring break and they like to have things done by spring break, and I imagine redistricting was one that they had planned on a long time ago being done. And it's a little it's sad that um, they haven't come up, that the Senate hasn't come up with a, Map that is satisfactory to the people of um, Missouri via the um, individual senators that are standing up for the seven one map or even the six one one map um, we're at the point where a six one one map, meaning that that um, second one is a district that is fairly evenly divided between Democrats and Republicans, and so it would be ours to win. And um, then we could actually have a seven one one map if we worked hard enough and had a good candidate to win that that one district. Right. Um, but there's contention, um, and there's there's egos, and there's different ideas, and territorials. It's it's amazing, <laughs> and very sad. It's sad um, how it, territorial individuals. And
0: yeah, it's it's very sad yeah, because yeah. you wish that they could just sit down and and get it figured out. I mean, that's that's what that's what they. Uh, that's what they go to Jefferson City for. That's why we send them there, and uh, we expect some results as opposed to uh, the constant stop and go, stop and go, stop and go approach uh, that they've been uh, that they've been working on. Let us uh, let us move ahead. Uh, uh, the election bill that uh, we're talking about here, something that uh, uh, we, we want to spend a couple of minutes on here this morning.
4: Yeah, that, too, is, um, is really nebulous because we were asking for a certain bill. where there's so many moving parts at this point. Which right. is, um, there's so many, um, mostly House bills, um, except for the Senate did hear a couple of new ones this week. Um, with um, Senator Luke Meyer had um, a good one that incorporated photo ID and, and hand-marking for ballots, as well as Senator White. Um, but there's lots of moving parts, and so our goal is to get out of this session with photo ID and no hand marked—I'm sorry—hand marked paper ballots, and no, um, uh, no—I'm um, sorry—ballot boxes. You know, they are taking out the language of the um, of the mail in ballots. Even though they're it expired, they're actually taking the language out of the statute. And so really, that's about all we really want to get out. There's a lot of new additions they're wanting to put in to make it easier for people to vote. I mean, to be able to um, vote in person early, um, which sounds good, but I think it waters down the value of the vote um, when you can you know, stop in and get a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread and 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 loat, it just really <laughs> makes it a little bit um less valuable right, right. and uh, so, so we're watching those and uh, those parts moving in right now we're right starting off we had Dr. Frank last night for the first night in in Lake St. Louis, talking about the election integrity and about the election data from 2020 and hoping to, to all these new people that are interested in election integrity that we can move them forward with meaningful action there at the state capitol um, we have many good you know many good reps and senators at the state capitol who do want to. I mean we all want to make our elections as secure as Washington well, should say we are absolutely absolutely and, and
0: what's interesting is is, <laughs> is uh, dr. Frank was a great interview I had the uh, opportunity to talk with him oh, uh, about right. uh, two weeks okay. ago And what a great interview. And, you know, a world-renowned physicist, chemist, and mathematician. He's been around, and he's uh, actually on his speaking tour. He will uh, be in Springfield at 630 uh, tonight at the Library Center, located on South Campbell Avenue in Springfield. Then tomorrow, he'll be at uh, the New Covenant Ministries, located at 532 South Main Street in Independence at 1 o'clock. He's got a speaking engagement on Sunday, March the 6th at 2 at the Family Worship Center, uh, in Columbia, and then in St. Louis that same day at 6.30 at the Broadway Boat Bar. That sounds like an interesting place to to uh, do some speaking. But uh, I highly encourage folks to get out. And um, just real quick, uh, I, I found it so, well, and, and I didn't find it surprising or interesting. I found it just kind of the usual that somebody of his caliber, I mean, the man is a mathematician, he's a chemist, he, he knows his uh, he knows his stuff and when he was talking about how you know looking at these algorithms and, and talking about uh, voter fraud voter uh, integrity and in and, and trying to shore up elections and things and these other news agencies out there basically uh, just writing him off as as some kind of a conspiracy theorist or uh, you know a quacker or, or whatever you want to call it and, and just really trying to label him and tag him as somebody who, who has no idea what the heck he's talking about I mean I I, I, I brought this point up several times here in, in recent weeks and that's you've got two you've got two people Bev and and they both went to the same school they both graduated with the same degree they both have the exact same credentials in terms of being very smart intelligent people and knowing what it is that they're talking about yet their belief systems are different so one person let's say for example believes that you know everything that we're hearing about, covid is 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 the is the gospel and the other person questions some of the things that they're talking about like you know for example the vaccine quote unquote and and you know they're they're the iver ivermectin hydroxychloroquine uh that's their that's their take and and so you've got two people who are basically exactly the same when it comes to education and other things and, uh, you know, how the media can prey on one person and try to label them and discredit them, it just it boggles the mind. It's like, wouldn't you want to have both sides of the story so you as an individual can do your research and figure out what direction it is you want to go, and that your government shouldn't be trying to influence your decision? Well,
4: that's true. I mean, if we had honest journalism, uh, we wouldn't shape in our country because people you know it seems like the mainstream media covers up so much and you're so you're so right about the different world views because it's it's all your world view and many of us who have the world typical world view uh, are, we have the um uh, yearning for liberty and question. You know, we 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 question things. We listen to what people are saying and seeing if it makes sense. And I'm not a real smart person, but like with Dr. Franken oh, in sure um, jurisdictions <laughs> when when they have more registered voters than they have population, I'm going, uh, "Hello, <laughs> something's yeah. not right here." Right. At least look exactly. into that. You know, and find out that's true. But those uh, just simple things like that all the way through my life has pointed me. In a different direction because something didn't make sense. And so when I looked into it myself, I found out what I you know, think is the truth because as was covering up. But most people just listen and they just um, hear what they're being told and they react and um, they don't look into the um, issue themselves. They right. don't do their own research. They right. just hear what the media is telling them. And, and so we're in this sad, sad state in our country because. Um, because of that but thankfully the people are rising up you know um, a lot of people have recognized that we're losing many freedoms and and they're taking action and it's different this time i, I believe that uh, hopefully we're in the middle of a spiritual renewal as well because unless we have a spiritual renewal um, anything that's done in the flesh will be temporary and um, um, so it's it's um, it's all about that but yeah it's that you're so true. If we had honest journalism, we would be a whole little different
0: world now. I, I know one of the other topics you wanted to discuss is women's sports, and 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 I know that you know we've got tr- transgender athletes that are competing against women, and we understand and realize that uh, with transgender athletes, uh, it, it it makes no difference. <clears throat> They're still, in most cases, men competing against women. They just. They just look at themselves in a different light. And and I wonder, um, we've got about nine minutes left, so uh, there there are a lot of things that you have on the agenda, including your Missouri Right to Life, Show Me Life, Pro-Life Action Day, uh, if we want to talk about some of these things so we don't uh, put them on the back burner, because I know some of these things are coming up uh, relatively soon.
4: Well, the unemployment the it's always a difficult um issue at the state capitol, especially when we have a hearing on any of the transgender bills and the sports bill this um, this week, Senator Moon's um, oh, I forgot the number, I think it was 781, 481, I don't remember, but um, it was a, a hearing, uh, mostly um, you know, those of us on the um, if you will, side of wanting to protect women's sports, for women for females, you know, had individuals testifying that they would Personally, you know, we had um, a young woman for America leader from College of the Ozarks came and spoke of her her degree in um, Taekwondo, and um, she spoke, you know, how she would be intimidated if she had to face a male, um, even of the same size as her, because of the um, body density and such. And then we had the other side who take it personally because they feel that saying that keeping women's sports to biological females is a um, an attack on who they are. And during the hearing, it was very clear, well, least to me it was, from Senator, especially Senator O'Laughlin did a wonderful job of, she's the chairman of the Senate Education Committee, and she um, did a wonderful job of addressing that, you know, letting them know that you know, this is not personal, we don't we're not attacking their personal understanding of who, who are, however, you know, facts are facts. And we have many young ladies whose um, scholarships are their uh, place in the sports that they're working so hard are in jeopardy as well. So somebody's going to um, be on the short end of it and who decides that. So it's, it's a tough, um, it's an emotional um, decision when you um, anyway, but it's, it's it, I I, rec- I um just commend Senator Laughlin and Senator Moon for for bringing this forward right. and for those who came out to testify.
0: Let's go ahead and run down uh, some of the events that you've got coming up with the time we have left here this morning. Uh, Missouri Right to Life Show Me Life Pro Life Action Day. It's all about life. Apparently, all you have to do is read the uh, the title there, and you understand just exactly what it is. Uh, that uh, you're trying to get across.
4: Yeah, it's, it's always an exciting day. Um, so Tuesday, March 8th um, coming up is going to be a, a fun day because, thankfully, you know we do. Missouri is a pro-life state, so we, when we get together, the state it's a celebration, uh, we see people across the state who've been working on behalf of unborn life, and really, and when we talk about pro-life, we're talking from that very first uh, moment of conception to that last natural breath. Many times we're accused of only caring about the baby, but that is so not true. Um, you know, we're the um, ones that are establishing crisis pregnancy centers to help these women who want to bring their baby to, to birth and you help them during those first, you know, few months, you know, with, you know helping them through pregnancy with the medical care that they need and, and the physical um, things that they need. Um, but so many people miss the point that if you don't have, Officials, if you have office holders in there who understand how precious life is, human life is. If you're disabled, if you're an older person, um, you're at risk, you know, because the medical system and the and the political system isn't really looking out for your best. And so that's why um, everybody, born and unborn, uh, need people in, in the um, gap, sending in the gap for them, protecting their, right. their human life. Yes. And then we have another rally on Wednesday. That, um, the, the, um, the rally...
0: Bev, are you still there?
4: And be, actually, yeah, House Bill 1594 is on the calendar in the House. The informal calendar for election so they, they can break.
0: We're losing you a little bit there, Bev. You're breaking up on me. Sounds like Morse code. You still with us, Bev? No, it sounds like we've lost her. All right. Unfortunately, folks. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, we don't have the connection. We were kind of uh, breaking breaking up there toward the end of our conversation. And uh, let me go ahead. Um, I've got some of the information here in front of me. Courtesy of Janet Dabbs, and Janet, thank you for uh, getting me uh, prepped with this information. Um, Just real quick here, let's go back over some of the things that she was talking about. Uh, All right, we've got the event on March the 8th, Tuesday, March the 8th. That is the Missouri Right to Life Show Me Life Pro-Life Action Day. It's going to be in Jefferson City. Transportation is available from many areas of the state. Attendees are urged to wear red for life. So we'll uh, look at that uh, again, 10 until noon, coming up this Tuesday. Um, if you'd like to find out more, uh, contact the Missouri Right to Life State Office, at 573-635-5110. Visit missouri.life.org for further information. We mentioned the fact that uh, Dr. Douglas Frank will be making his way through the state of Missouri in Springfield this evening at the Library Center on South Campbell at 6.30. Uh, Also uh, in Independence, uh, Missouri tomorrow at the New Covenant uh, Ministries at 1 o'clock. Also, he will be in Columbia on Sunday at uh, 2 o'clock at the Family Worship Center and in St. Louis on Sunday, this Sunday, March the 6th at 630 at the Broadway Boat Bar. Um, For a lot of this stuff, you can go to uh, the Concerned Women for America of Missouri website, which is mo.cwfa.org. Again, mo.cwfa.org. And uh, let's see what else they have on the agenda here. Uh, Let's see. uh, The Pastor to Pastor Leading in Victory. Uh, Leading in today's culture, they'll have a dinner on Friday in Springfield. Um, I believe you need to RSVP. There is no cost for pastors and their spouses. Um, However, I believe there are costs for the uh, individuals that would like to attend. Uh, In particular, uh, they will have uh, pastor and attorney uh, Mario Diaz speaking on today's challenging issues. Learn what churches can legally do to bring biblical values into every area of influence and be inspired and equipped to lead your congregation in these difficult times. Again, uh, you need to RSVP by Friday, April the 1st. Uh, you can call Bev Allen at 314 314 And that will be in Springfield on Friday, April the 8th. At uh, Uncle Buck's Auditorium on uh, South Campbell, and the event begins at six thirty. Let's see what else we have here for you. Just a quick rundown. Uh, that looks like it pretty much covers a lot of the uh, a lot of the things that they've got going on here. But uh, again, the most recent event that is uh, coming up is going to be the Missouri Right to Life Show Me Life Pro Life Action Day. And that will be this Tuesday from 10 until noon at, uh, I believe, the Capitol in Jefferson City. And if you'd like more information, again, go to mo.cwfa.org. The uh, Concerned Women for America of Missouri are available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Getter, G-E-T-T-R, which I'm not familiar with that form of social media, so I hope I pronounced it correctly. Standing by, we've got information coming your way, and that would be with Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. Chris Schneider, Uncle Chris from Lake TV, he has a look at sports. And following all of that, we'll usher in Mr. Bob Lynch from the Missouri Department of Transportation, get an update on what's shaken, and I'm certain that these folks are ready for winter to be over. We uh, ask you to stick around and continue on the journey we call The Daily Show here on Key Radio.
1: Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo news cut for Friday, March 4th. It's the winter drawdown. The Lake of the Ozarks water level has dropped to 654 feet of elevation, about six feet below its summertime level. Waterfront homeowners may find their docks on dry ground, but the drawdown isn't all bad. With the water level so low, it's a good time for riprap, seawall construction, and seawall repairs. A hot dry Wednesday brought grass fires to the lake area. Four grass and vegetation fires occurred. Three fires were in Osage Beach and a large ground cover fire was handled by Mid-County Fire Protection District with Osage Beach assisting. If you're wondering whether it's safe to burn, call the fire district burn notification line at 573-346-3262 to find out if it is a burn day the st charles boat show is happening now at the st charles convention center the show brings lake of the ozarks marine dealers to the st louis area through sunday and will be the only boat show in st louis this year So if you're in the St. Louis area and looking for your next dream boat, or just want to dream of boating for a day, now you know what to do this weekend. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life. lakeexpo.com
0: Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source.
2: Chris Schneider with your key radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. High School Basketball District Tournament Championship tonight at Osage High School. It will be Versailles and Fairgrove playing for the right to advance into the state playoffs. Versailles got there with a big win over California in the semifinal, 82-80. The Tigers nine on the season now. California season ended with a 19-6 record. Fairgrove Beat Osage uh, 66-54 in the semi-final to advance. So again tonight it's Versailles and Fairgrove for the district final in high school basketball. Max Creek Boys and Girls Coach Ron Dugan featured on this week's Lake TV High School Basketball Coaches Show. You can see that every day at 10-2-6. Dugan's uh, Lady Pirates team finished with a 23-3 record. They had the best record of a local team of any of the teams. College basketball weekend. It is the MSU Bears opening play in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament tonight. Quarterfinal round. Number one seed in the tournament is Northern Iowa. MSU, the Bears, number two seed. Drake at three. Loyola four. Loyola Chicago, the reigning champion and favorite. And uh, Bradley has won two of the last three conference tournaments, so they're also a favorite. Missouri State, very good this year though. The Bears 22 and nine as they go into conference tournament play. Major League Baseball should be playing some spring training games right about now and gearing up for a new season. Instead, they're fighting over a new working agreement. Early regular season games have already been canceled. This is baseball's ninth work stoppage. Players have been locked out since December 1st. Hockey play, St. Louis Blues losing earlier in the week against the Rangers. They'll be at the Islanders to play again tomorrow. Mizzou baseball, 6-1 and one to start the season. They go into a weekend series against Tarleton. Mizzou softball, the Lady Tigers, 12-4. They've got Bradley on the schedule this weekend. And the NASCAR boys will be at Las Vegas this weekend. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7, 5, and 11 every day. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour almost every hour. He's hilarious. Lake TV can be seen on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and streaming live 24-7 at TV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday.
0: Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV
2: is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, live high school sports, real estate, dining, boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozarks shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake,
5: it's happening on Lake TV. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. If Worldview has such a powerful hold over people, how do we overcome it? Hillary Clinton's mentor Saul Alinsky advocated a ruthless process of fragmenting society into classes, using ridicule and peer pressure to change people's minds. Alinsky believed that honorable people would be helpless because they would continue to seek the high road, and the load road would overwhelm them. Donald Trump astutely shook things up by not being such a high road conservative, and the Alinsky-inspired media has gone nothing. Over it. It's highly entertaining, maybe even game-changing, but not a strategy Bible believers can embrace. We are called to be salt and light in order to overcome the worldview of the enemy. The hero of a superhero show was told that his real power was his goodness. The Lord's goodness is our superpower, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this present darkness.
0: thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process 89.3 the key and welcome back we have the uh, daily show now in full swing for the friday edition still to come next hour our good friend mr dave moffin will be in with me and uh, we will discuss his blog among the dogwoods and find out uh, what was going on at the uh, most recent camden county commission meeting and See if maybe he's got a good police chase story for us as well. Dave used to be a member of the uh, LAPD, and uh, as you know, if you've tuned into this program for any amount of time, that uh, Dave shares some really uh, interesting stories with us as far as his days with the LAPD, but we will talk with him coming up in hour number two. Bob Lynch will join us here momentarily with the Missouri Department of Transportation and uh, I don't know if anybody out there has a question or comment for Bob this morning, but feel free to give us a call at 573-633-5395. That's six three three fifty three ninety five or KEYK. And guess what? You can uh, get your uh, pothole situation or your uh, road work situation or uh, any other question or comment you may have for Bob. Get it in here this morning, and he will be happy to uh, address the issue and maybe even... Time permitting, come out there and take a look around. 839, 44 degrees, 73 degrees is the expected high for today. We're going to do very well in the weather department for this fourth day of March. 73 the high, 56 the low. Back up to 74 for the high tomorrow, a low of 37, some clouds. Uh, looks like we could see some rain on Sunday, high of 58, a low of 35. That rain possible uh, later on in the day. Then as temperatures drop, uh, maybe a rain-snow mix on Monday with a high of 40, a low of 26, 50 the expected high on Tuesday with a low of 29 and a partly cloudy sky. Then, uh, of course, Wednesday, 54 for the high, partly cloudy 61 on Thursday. couple of days in the low to upper 30s on Friday and Saturday, and then we'll get back into that, uh, let's see here, it looks to me like we're going to see some uh, low, Uh, 50s to begin with, and then upper 50s around 60, uh, well into, uh, and and well past, if you will, the 10-day forecast. So, anywho, broadcasting live from beautiful downtown Osage Beach at the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. It is 44 degrees, and uh, we do see a few clouds, but overall, again, a magnificent day, and it's great to have the opportunity to uh, enjoy it with you, and we thank you for taking time to check us out here this morning on the Daily Show, Bob Lynch is with us from the Missouri Department of Transportation. Good to see you, sir. I, I think it's been a while since we've actually, you know, been in the same room together.
6: Yeah, the weather hasn't helped out, but no. Good morning, KB. Great to see you.
0: Great to see you, sir. And uh, it's it's probably something that most of the employees of MODOT are wishing and hoping and praying for that uh, winter is is over.
6: Hope so. You know, I I saw the forecast for Monday and. Uh, some stations are talking about snow potentially or rain and snow Right. And so we'll see what happens there and and yes the temperatures next week drop down and you got the lows in the 20s overnight and uh-huh. the, you know that that leads that something could happen so here's the
0: 64 million dollar question which i'm sure you've been asked countless times uh what is the progress on uh, the bridge over there over Bagdale Dam
6: well um still moving forward slowly right. we uh we poured the barrier curb uh repair this week and uh, i don't know if we got it all done yet but uh, majority of it and i I imagine they'll be out there today trying to uh, finish up some of that so that's good news and still have the expansion joints uh, to finish up and um, you know we'll see Uh, next week with those temperatures down the 20s again that creates problems for us and uh, it's just a slow process unfortunately so no no date can't give you a date yet and once we really see how we're uh, moving forward with these expansion joints, then that's going to help us uh, determine potentially a, an opening date. But uh, just too too many unknowns yet. Well, and and, and I wasn't
0: really even going to ask you that question. I I wasn't going to say, hey Bob, what do you <laughs> think we might be able to drive over the dam again? Because I know that uh, you folks have really run into some snags, and uh, now with the weather issues that you've been dealing with for the last three weeks, it's it's uh, I guess the best way to put it is slow but st- uh, slow but steady.
6: Right, yep. and uh, it's great that I was able to lower your expectations, so uh <laughs> well <clears throat> no it's i mean it's it's unfortunate, and I do get that question a lot. when are you opening it up and I just you know I wanna say you know it's gonna be in two days, but I can't you know there's nothing right. there that's telling us right. what that day is yet, and uh you know the weather's getting better, and so hopefully you know somewhat in the near future we'll have something that we can tell people, but sure it's it's uh. Just not there yet.
0: I had somebody ask me this the other day. How is the Adopt a Highway program coming in the Lake of the Ozarks area? Do we need more folks out there uh, adopting a stretch of highway? I don't know if you, what, adopt 100 yards, 500 yards, a half mile, uh, a mile, whatever, and and going out out there and picking up trash, because that was a, a concern that a woman that I ran into the other day had, and she said, you know, there's certain places you go around the state, and, and it just it, it, it's just filthy along the, the, the side of the roads. But now I see that there are crews, and I, I guess some of these uh, crews that they have out there are uh, folks who uh, potentially got in a little trouble, and maybe that's uh, kind of a form of community service for them to be out there helping to uh, pick up and trim some of the shrubs and the grass and, and things that are uh, right there along the immediate uh, portion of the roadway.
6: Yes, well, first the Adopt a Highway program. Uh, it's an interactive program that is online that people can uh, go to our website at modot.org and uh, see what sections are available. Typically, um, it's a mile-long section along a route, like well, any route, I guess. But, right. Uh, certainly along Route 54, and you can see those signs. And we, you know, we have expectations that those adopters, um, you know, try to pick up the trash four times a year. We want them to be safe. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we we don't want them. On the roadway itself, it's definitely have the vehicles off on the shoulder and, and never uh, worry about something that's on the roadway. We'll take care of that. And so we appreciate that help. You know, it saves us 5 to $7 million a year. Um, you know, these last few years, of course, have been a challenge uh, due to COVID. And, um, you know, our workforce is less. So uh, the priorities of what we take care of from a maintenance standpoint uh, change change some of those things. And yes, uh, also the incarcerated crews that you're talking about that we uh, typically had the pleasure of utilizing, you know, many many years, you know, recently, uh, that was halted during COVID, and now, like you said, you're starting to see those crews again. That's because we were able to get that program up and running again. So that is, uh, we do have a, a crews out of the Eldon Shed, the Versailles Shed, and the Campton Shed that are able to utilize incarcerated crews, and and that's their primary duty is to help us pick up trash along the highway and we appreciate that tremendously because it's it's needed but statewide uh we've certainly heard trash is an issue and it boils down to you know we our workforce is limited you know we've talked about being several hundred down and what is the priority that that people want us to take care of is it picking up trash or is it you know this time of year we got to take care of potholes and so um you know we try to do it all the best we can and manage it and um so it's it's glad that the incarcerated crews are there cuz they're a tremendous help and and so are the adopters
0: and so if you uh, if you are an adopter does someone go out and and kind of take a look at uh, your stretch of road and determine whether or not you're doing a good enough job and they say well you hey are are, are doing super you know there's not really that much trash that we see out there uh uh, there is maybe a little concern, and, and maybe you need to uh, do a little bit better job when you're out there. How do you how do you rate those folks?
6: Well, when, when they go out and pick up, you know, again, the expectation is roughly four times a year. It depends on on the, the trash along their section. Um, they do call us and tell us, you know, they have so many bags that, that need to be picked up and right. notify us, uh, you know, have our crews come out and pick them up because we, we ask them to leave the trash bags along the highway, and we'll take care of it from there. So we're we're roughly aware of of when people are out there. Some you know do take the trash back with them and and manage all that, and we appreciate that as well. So we we kind of know who's who's doing what. Uh, you know, do we have a adopt a highway program police enforcement person that goes out and really? <laughs> no, we don't. Yeah. Um, but there is an expectation, and uh, and so we we monitor that, but. You know, if if somebody's unable to do it, you know, we we talk to them about the reason why, and we you know take them off that area and make it available to somebody else. And uh, so it's a great program, and we encourage people to consider it.
0: Now, this is this has been a little over a year. Well, not quite a year ago. Not quite a year. Uh, I had the opportunity to venture down to Taney County in Branson, and my lord, I don't know what uh, what they do down there or how they uh, you know, get MoDOT to jump on board, but it was hard to find a gum wrapper on the side of the road down there.
6: <laughs> That's great.
0: And those folks were doing, uh, you know, and, and, and I I would say I saw at one point there were some folks, and they were MoDOT employees because they had the big trucks, and they were dressed in the, you know, the yellow vest and everything. And this was in uh, late afternoon, early evening, and they were on the side of the road, and there was probably three or four of them. Uh, And there was probably, I'd say, just a quick head count, maybe 10, 12 MoDOT employees. And, man, they were just, they were picking up trash at a fever pitch. I saw that they had had thrown some of the bags in the back. These were dump trucks. And so they had thrown some of the bags, I guess, in the back to to go dispose of them. But uh, are, are there areas that get a little bit more attention for some reason or another, or... Is it uh, you know we just try to find volunteers wherever we can find them to help us out in addition to what you mentioned with the incarcerated uh, uh, the incarcerated folks that help out and indoor uh, I guess uh, eventually MODOT employees.
6: Yeah, and, and you know the last two years we did go out as MODOT employees and and pick up trash periodically. So it is a it is a planned event. Is it something we do weekly and are out there every day? No. Right. And so probably what you saw was. Uh, the Springfield district decided, okay, this day, you know, we're going to plan to do this work and that's all we're going to do. Right. And that's what they did. And, and that's great. Uh, We did the same thing over the years. And um, um, so, but it's not a major programmed event weekly. Now, when you, when you have the, uh, the ability to utilize incarcerated crews, that is their primary duty every day that we bring them down to the lake area. And so they're working along 54 and then they move to other routes, and then they have to come back to 54, because it's, it's a continuing issue. You know, right. we all know that. Um, you know, Route 5 south of Camden going towards Lebanon, uh, very unfortunate area because, you know, there's a transfer location with, with um, you know, trash in that area where it's being uh, dropped off and then delivered to another site. And unfortunately, some of that gets along, along the highway. And we've talked to, um, you know, the company there, we've had... Ah, uh, county has has formed a group to come out and help us during this time and trying to find solutions there to yeah. eliminate that. but you know you try to cover the load and everything else and and stuff still gets gets out. And uh, it's I guess it's a all challenge.
0: a challenge. it's It's all a matter of how involved people want to get. you know, do they want to just drive down the road and see trash and complain about it, or do they actually want to stop and uh, you know talk to some folks about maybe adopting a portion of the highway? That seems to me like it uh, would work pretty well if, you know, there's 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 plenty of people that complain about it, but how many people actually roll up their sleeves and do something about it?
6: Well, uh, we understand that. You know, ad- Adopt-A-Shoreline successful here with Amran and the Lake of the Ozarks, and, and so is our Adopt-A-Highway program. Right. We, you know, thousands of miles are adopted across the state, and, again, you know, that saves us, like I said, 5 to $7 million that can be put back on the roadway.
0: We don't want to put uh, words in Bob's mouth, but I know that... Uh, you know, it's it's always easy to pick up the phone and, and you know just complain. <laughs> <laughs> Eight fifty is our time. Bob Lynch here from the Missouri Department of Transportation. Your phone calls welcome. Five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five six three three five three nine or five or K E Y K. So uh, again, getting ready for uh, a new season here at the Lake of the Ozarks, but at the same time, you folks are are busy taking care of. Uh, of uh, business as usual. And I know when we were talking about the weather, uh, it looks as though up to the north of us in Iowa and uh, northern Missouri looks like uh, those folks could be receiving some heavy rain. What is the situation with the roads and uh, the bridges and the issues that were caused uh, a couple of years ago with all the flooding? How is that uh, starting to shape up? Uh, is MoDOT getting a handle on that? Uh, is it something that looks to be Doable in terms of you know uh, getting most of that open and, and fixed and uh, maybe trying to uh, put in some preventative measures so you don't have to uh, constantly go up there and deal with all that mess.
6: Yeah, no. In in general, I think majority of that effort has been completed up in Northwest Missouri. Uh, we call it resiliency, trying to prevent things uh, moving forward. And you know FEMA has been involved, Sema and. Really trying to help out that area. You know, the the good thing this year, of course, you know, things change daily with the weather, but um, the National Weather Service hasn't predicted uh, any major flooding along the Missouri River this year to this point. There's not a lot of uh, snow uh, out west uh, that's typically there. Uh, that's part of, the, you know, obviously when it melts at, during the springtime, that's part of the equation. And so they think minor flooding may occur. Now, you know, when we do get a heavy downpour, the flooding that you'll probably see there is the flash flooding that, that happens quickly and comes up and goes down and hopefully the major rivers uh, will stay in their banks this year and not right. create those bigger problems that, that you're just talking about. So, you know, that's something we have to manage and uh, always do every year and and you know, we've had flooding events already this year and certainly in southwest Missouri uh, some during some of those snow events. So, um, you know, we're, we're prepared for it. We know the issues that are out there and we'll Try to manage it as best we can.
0: we got a a phone call on the line, (coughs) and uh, hopefully, caller, we can get you on here this morning. (coughs) And uh, I hope you're there. Caller, are you with us? Sometimes (coughs) we have these fun little things. We had some phone issues this morning. Caller, are you with us here this morning? Go ahead. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you just fine. Go right ahead, sir.
7: Fine, I just got on, but has there been any conversation about the uh, Highway 54 and 70 interchange that some locals here are uh, asking that uh, some money be spent on that?
6: Well, I mean, yes, we, we've we uh, put a project together at that location, and we talked about this really at the beginning of the year, that we were going to look at uh, scoping for n- new improvements at that interchange, and then... Um, you know, in the middle of February, February 15th, we came out with a preferred alternative uh, that our traffic consultant uh, came up with and that shows how we can help traffic in that area. And, uh, you know, we believe this solution will help the flow of traffic for the next uh, 20, 25 years into the future. And um, so we have been receiving public comment and uh, that will actually expire right now, March 15th. It's been extended from the end of February through March 15th, for people to provide us their comments on the preferred alternative. And, um, you know, we appreciate those comments, and we'll uh, see what people have to say.
7: Are there a, Is there a projected uh, budget for this at this time?
6: Well, uh, it's it's around $7 million is, is what we're looking to do for improvements there. And, um, you know, we believe the based on, again, utilizing... We know the traffic numbers that occur on Friday evenings, you know, as people are coming to the lake, for instance. We know what happens there daily uh, throughout the week. Uh, Just in general, we know how much truck traffic is in at that location. We know what happens on Sundays when people leave the lake, you know, during the season. So we have all those numbers, and all those numbers, you know, we're given to the traffic consultant to plug into the equation and see what solutions would manage that traffic flow, you know, for... Uh, the next 20 years that's typically how we design projects is looking 20 years into the future so you know again we think the solution is there that will take care of the needs uh, based on that and uh, that's what we're proposing
7: you have a program of prioritizing these projects i remember from some of the things like the lynn creek interchange uh, things like that where it was based on the number of people getting killed i think and i appreciate what you guys did here but as far as priorities for this uh, 5470 70 project, uh, where would that sit?
6: Well, it's, uh, it's a priority from a regional perspective for us to do. You know, we, we're looking at improving uh, the 63-I-70 interchange. Uh, so there's a project there that we're looking to move forward with. And certainly the interchange at 54 and I-70 is also uh, a priority. And the Central District talks to their planning partners across the district of what's, what the concerns are out there. And these are priorities that, that have been presented to MoDOT from the planning partners of um, this is where their concerns are at. You know, what's the, what can you figure out with a solution? So, um, you know, here in the Lake Area, we get our priorities from the Lake of the Ozarks Council local governments, our planning partner here. And so those are all brought to the table and and determined, uh, you know, their priority status from a district's perspective.
7: It sounds like it's going to be relatively high on the priority list.
6: Well, yes, we're looking to move it into the actual five-year construction program and probably look to do construction work uh,
7: 2025-2026. That's wonderful. Thank you very much.
6: Collin, we appreciate you checking in this morning.
0: Thank you for... uh, Taking the time to make us a part of your day. I was actually the caller's ESP, or ESPN as I like to call it, uh, was, was, was coming through there because that's something I was going to ask you about as well. Uh, you have a, a whole mess of projects that you would like to do, you would like to see implemented here, but I noticed one of the things that, in, in caller, I might again uh, ask you to check out MoDOT's website, which is... Uh, basically MoDOT.org, that you have a uh, a list of high-priority unfunded annual transportation needs uh, to the tune of about $1 billion, Uh, improve bridge conditions, improve road conditions, MoDOT maintenance and operations, invest in projects that increase economic growth and improve safety, uh, major interstate reconstruction, improve multimodal transportation options. Which I guess uh, essentially means you, have, you know air- airplanes and trains and stuff like that, but uh, is any of this being added into that list? And, and if so, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left. But if so, how do you how do you make something like that happen? Because uh, these are obviously things all Missourians want, and you know we expect to have bridges that are in decent condition. We like to have our roads in decent conditions, and then the basic maintenance and these other things that I talked about. But uh, do you sprinkle a little of this in every time with other things that you're trying to get done?
6: Well, uh, boy, that's a gonna, I'll try to answer it quick here. That's all right. First thing we do is we take care of what we have, right. and we have expectations, and that's what we've been doing. And the last several years, that's all we could do really across the state. We were fortunate here to do the new interchange in, at W and 54. And, right. And so now we have a new influx of money, uh, you know, Senate Bill 262 with the state fuel tax. Mm-hmm. That helps. And also the, the bipartisan infrastructure law that provides federal funding. So now we can start plugging in those unfunded needs right. that uh, the planning partners have told us that are out there. And it's great having that list because we can show that to the uh, to con- you know f- uh, Congress, you know in Washington D.C. What the needs are. We can show it here at our s- state general assembly, and uh, just wait for solutions to help move those projects forward. And then you use your planning partners. To bring those uh, projects beyond what we take care of right. uh, into the mix, based on the funding that's available, and let them help us decide what are those priorities. So, you know, the the really the first one out of the out of the, out of the uh, can't think of that word now out of the box. There <laughs> you go. <laughs> um, was the I seventy sixty three interchange? Right. And We've all driven through there, and it's it's needs to be addressed. And uh, but then there's money that can help us beyond that. Um, to do, like, the I-70 Kingdom City interchange. You know, we're doing Roachport already is under construction. So we're able to move forward with some of these unfunded needs. And each year as we update our five-year program, new list of projects will be coming in based on, you know, when we think we can get them ready and get them out there.
0: They They say the squeaky wheel gets the grease, but who's got the squeakiest wheel? That's, I guess... Uh, the dilemma that uh, MoDOT is left to deal with. Uh, Is it in a major city like St. Louis or Kansas City or Columbia, Springfield, something like that? Is it uh, a place where uh, we see a lot of money coming into the state through tourism, like the Lake of the Ozarks, like Branson, like some of these other tourist communities? Those are the things that you have to deal with. And uh, you mentioned the various partners that you have helping you with these projects. Uh, Gosh, I'd hate to be the person whose job it is to, to try and figure all this out, but there's probably more than one person that does that job. 9 one is our time. Bob Lynch, our guest from the Missouri Department of Transportation. Bob, we appreciate your time as always, sir, and we'll look forward to seeing you back here next Friday.
6: Very good. Thank you, KP.
0: All righty. Dave Moppin joining us following local news here at the top of the hour with Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. And, yes, Uncle Chris Chris Schneider with a check of sports on Lake, uh, from Lake TV on Key Radio with The Daily Show. This is your radio station, Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key.
1: Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Friday, March 4th. It's the winter drawdown. The Lake of the Ozarks water level has dropped to 654 feet of elevation, about 6 feet below its summertime level. Waterfront homeowners may find their docks on dry ground, but the drawdown isn't all bad. With the water level so low, it's a good time for riprap seawall construction and seawall repairs. A hot dry Wednesday brought grass fires to the lake area. Four grass and vegetation fires occurred. Three fires were in Osage Beach and a large ground cover fire was handled by Mid-County Fire Protection District with Osage Beach Assisting. If you're wondering whether it's safe to burn, call the fire district burn notification line at 573-346-3262 to find out if it is a burn day the st charles boat show is happening now at the st charles convention center the show brings lake of the ozarks marine dealers to the st louis area through sunday and will be the only boat show in st louis this year so if you're in the st louis area and looking for your next dream boat Or just want to dream of boating for a day? Now you know what to do this weekend. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life. Lakeexpo.com.
0: Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key and Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and bobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock serving the entire lake area.
2: Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. High school basketball district tournament championship tonight at Osage High School. It will be Versailles and Fairgrove playing for the right to advance into the state playoffs. Versailles got there with a big win over California in the semifinal, eighty-two to eighty. The Tigers twenty and nine on the season now. California season ended with a nineteen and six record. Fairgrove. Beat Osage, uh, 66-54 in the semifinal to advance. So again tonight, it's Versailles and Fairgrove for the district final in high school basketball. Max Creek Boys and Girls Coach Ron Dugan, featured on this week's Lake TV High School Basketball Coaches Show. You can see that every day at 10-2-6. Dugan's uh, Lady Pirates team finished with a 23-3 record. They had the best record of a local team of any of the teams. College basketball all weekend it is the MSU Bears opening play in the Missouri Valley Conference tournament tonight quarterfinal round number 1 seed in the tournament is Northern Iowa MSU the Bears number 2 seed Drake at 3 Loyola 4 Loyola Chicago the reigning champion and favorite and uh, Bradley has won 2 of the last 3 conference tournaments so they're also a favorite Missouri State very good this year though the Bears 22 and 9 as they go into conference tournament play. Major League Baseball should be playing some spring training games right about now and gearing up for a new season. Instead, they're fighting over a new working agreement. Early regular season games have already been canceled. This is baseball's ninth work stoppage. Players have been locked out since December 1st. Hockey play, St. Louis Blues losing earlier in the week against the Rangers. They'll be at the Islanders to play again tomorrow. Mizzou baseball, 6-1 and one to start the season. They go into a weekend series against Tarleton. Mizzou softball, the Lady Tigers 12-4. They've got Bradley on the schedule this weekend. And the NASCAR boys will be at Las Vegas this weekend. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7, 5, and 11 every day. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour almost every hour. He's hilarious. Lake TV can be seen on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and streaming live 24-7 at TV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday
0: programming on key radio made possible through a generous donation from victoria station misty atkison talks about the very incredible and popular wall art you'll find at victoria station
3: we've always been known for our wall art um, we have a large selection of both metal art and framed art canvas prints in traditional and in uh, the nautical themes and so we're a destination for wall art we're also known for a large variety of lamps we like cool, unique lamps that'll give give lighting in your living area—not just a utility lampshade there that's producing light, but to add the decorative features to that. Um, we are going to feature a section in the store of American-made products. Some of those are locally sourced, and some of those from the Midwest. And we're We're really excited to be able to do that. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit. And the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 930 to 530.
0: chance to get involved in community radio lake of the ozarks with 89.3 the key hey welcome in <clears throat> 909 is our time it is a beautiful day at the lake of the ozarks even if you're an allergy sufferer like myself finding some new and exciting ways to uh, do away with allergies so we're sitting here with dave mop and discussing some possible solutions to uh, uh, to trying to get rid of this stuff. Anyway, 49 degrees is where we are, 73 the high, 56 the low. Beautiful, beautiful day. Uh, maybe a, a chance. Now, I was noticing here earlier uh, that there is maybe a slight chance of uh, some activity tomorrow. Uh, just kind of hit or miss is is basically what we're looking at. Uh, clouds and 74 tomorrow with a low of 37. Then we are expecting rain on Sunday, mainly in the afternoon, evening, 58 the high, 35 the low. Uh, rain snow mix possible on Monday. High forty, low twenty six. Fifty the high on Tuesday. Fifty three on Wednesday. Sixty one on Thursday, and then we drop into the low thirties on Friday with a high of only thirty one degrees expected a week from today. Oh man, forty nine degrees. Yeah, it's it's the weather roller coaster, man. If you don't like it, just uh, uh, wait. We'll uh, we'll take a few laps around the track, and things will definitely be different after that. Forty nine with. Uh, Maybe a few clouds, but overall a mostly clear sky, enjoying this beautiful weather here in downtown Osage Beach as we broadcast live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Always a lot of fun. We're uh, able to enjoy uh, what is going on here at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. And uh, again, our thanks to Bev Aylin. She was on to begin the 8 o'clock hour. Bob Lynch from MoDOT as well. And we'll be uh, conversing here just uh, in mere seconds with Dave Maupin, the author of Among the Dogwoods. What's happening at uh, Bagnell Dam? Well, the current lake level at 654.14. River level steady from last hour at 553.67. So there you go, all the information you need to get the hour started. And now, here he is, direct from his home somewhere in Lake Ozark, Missouri, the one, the only... As I've dubbed him, Diamond Dave Malpin, and among the dogwoods. Uh, how you doing?
8: I'm good. You know, when when we moved out of here, I assured my wife that the winners were going to be mild. <laughs> this is not. I'm not looking very good right now.
0: You got some splaining to do. Yeah. Uh, yes, you do, but. Uh, you're kind of dadding it up uh, big time this uh, this weekend.
8: Yeah, my wife's back in California taking care of her mom. Her mom's going to be getting a, I think, a knee replacement surgery, right. some kind of surgery. Yeah. So, so now I'm doing the driving around and. Uh, you know, I guarantee after this week and a half, these girls are really going to appreciate their mom a lot more than they. I've got to do the the ballet buns aren't, aren't as, the hair buns aren't as good as they're probably supposed to be. I see. Uh, they're going to be late for some appointments. Wow. Yeah. I'm just trying to make mom
0: look good, Mister Mom Dave Maupin, 220, 221, whatever it takes. Yeah, exactly. Remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, electric <laughs> the electrician comes in and he asks him, uh, "Was it 220s? Is it a 220? he says, uh, 220, 221, whatever it takes?" That's right. So, um, good golly, Miss Molly, this is the first time that we've uh, been in the same room. I I, I said this to Bob Lynch, this is the first time we've been in the same room in in probably about, what, three, four weeks. But uh, good to see you. You're looking good. Thank you. And- uh, I guess we need to delve into uh, what these folks are listening for, and that's uh, uh, what's happened at uh, the most recent Camden County Commission meetings.
8: Yeah, I mean, also, I've been watching this stuff on TV with all this stuff going on in the Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, it's really scary, the danger that those people in. None of them are wearing masks. I mean, do they know what kind of risks they're taking, not wearing COVID masks? (sighs) I mean, the Russians are bad, but geez, you know, obviously, I guess Ukraine isn't doing COVID either, so it's kind of like Missouri. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Once you guys are getting shot at by Russians, nobody cares about COVID anymore. The, uh, the other thing I thought was funny is, I don't know if you've seen any of these things with Putin where he's at the table with all his advisors, and he's at one end of like a 30-foot table, and they're like like a football field down. They've got these like 40-yard long tables where they're all clustered at the end. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing I've
0: ever seen. Well, it's essentially how things run in politics as far as Russia is concerned. And you mentioned what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. How about them taking a shot at a nuclear power plant? Yeah, I know. That was crazy. Yep. Well,
8: you know, I mean, that's how we all got here. This is the we can probably look back and figure out all the mistakes that were made on the path towards this mess. So, Absolutely. So yeah, so uh there were a couple commission meetings uh this past week. Uh I also took the opportunity to go to Lake Expo. They have a they had an expo over at the Regalia Hotel. I so was there. right So there were going to be a bunch of political uh people were running for political office that were going to have booths there. So I figured I'd go by and check it out and see if I could meet some of them. I uh I first went by Greg hasty's uh desk and he was sitting there at his booth and nobody was around so I just went up and said hi and and, and shook his hand. And then I asked him, I said, hey, Greg, can I just take a photo real quick? And he goes, I said, do I have your permission to take a photo? He goes, no, you don't have my permission to take a photo. He goes, you'll probably just put it up on Facebook and sling stuff at it. I was like, well, you know, Greg, you, you are a political figure, a public figure, and you're, you're in a public forum. I said, yeah. I, I said, I think I can just take your photo if I want. I said, I'm just trying to ask. He's like, fine, do whatever you want. You're just going to do it anyway. So I felt kind of bad. Like, so I was, I'm not trying to, like take someone's photo (laughs) without permission so I was like okay forget it then I won't even take it but then like he took his own photo and put it up on Facebook so I I don't see what the point of getting in the whole argument about it was but
0: oh it's just the pressure I don't think I think it's just the pressure because I've said this and and I will say it here as I've said it before and I didn't mean any disrespect by it and I hope it wasn't taken that way but Mr. Hastie would do himself a favor to stay off the social media period because yeah. uh, he goes on and he has a certain message in mind that he is trying to, uh, you know, get out to the general public because, of course, the election will be in August and he would like to retain his seat as presiding commissioner. I get it. I understand it. But every time he gets on social media and, and, and I feel bad for him in the sheer sense that, you know, he gets bashed. Uh, for all for the four or five people that agree with what it is he's trying to do it's the 30 or 40 that are bashing him for what he's trying to do you know he he's trying to make a point of what he's done for Camden County i get that i understand it but greg or anybody who knows greg tell him to please just stay off of social media and it it, it will allow people to maybe you know just chill and allow the dust to settle So when the election is really at a fever pitch, uh,
8: you're not stirring the pot. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even gotten to, like, debates or candidate forums, and it's already kind of working itself up into a frenzy. Yep. But, I mean, we talked about this last show. One of the problems he has is he'll— in this day and age of of technology and being able to record everything, it's hard for a politician right. to later on try to say, "Oh, this is what I did because people can just go back and pull up everything that actually happened and and correct the person you know so it's like back in the old days, you could probably uh, stretch the truth a bit about what what you voted for, what you didn 't vote for right now it's just not possible so I uh, also went by heather miller's booth she's running for judge, and she wasn't there, but I talked to her husband. Because uh, I was curious about she's doing these uh, like I think it's called like chats with the judge or something where you can sit down with her and just talk to her about maybe the legal system or how it works. She's doing uh, every third Friday at RJ's and she's doing every fourth Friday at um, what's in Osage Beach? What's the, the restaurant there? They do the crab legs, all you can eat crab legs. and uh, She's got one in Osage Beach. She's doing I can't remember the name of it right, right. now. But uh, Bonnie Cafe okay it, she's doing bonnie cafe f- every fourth friday i'm getting older folks so it's like <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a writer i'm not i'm not here for my memory <laughs> but yeah so uh so it sounded like an interesting idea i mean i, I basically just wanted to let him know i was going to be going to the ones at bonnie because you know i didn't want her to think it was weird if i'm just sitting there staring at her because I i'm really there not to ask her questions as much but just interested in kind of writing about how it goes right. and and so, like, if nobody shows up, I don't want it to be just me and her. And then she's like, "There's this weird guy over here." <laughs> so I just wanted to let him know that I was going to be trying to attend them. So it should be interesting because I'll actually be able to go to those and then come right here for the show afterwards. So because it's on Fridays, so that should work out. We should get some live reporting on that. There was a uh, commission meeting on March first. Oh, I also met uh, Ryan Bridges. I yes. saw Ryan Bridges, and I know Ryan. Uh, they're actually running against each other. So Ryan was there. Uh, also with a booth. and I think Lydia Porter had one, but I, I didn't see her there. And uh, that, w- that was pretty much it. it was pretty, pretty decent event. Looked like there were a lot of vendors there. And it was kind of cool. Again, one of the nice things about local politics is it's great that you can just basically walk up and talk to your commissioner or sure. somebody who's running or a judge. Or, so I think that's interesting. So people, I think if they want to learn more about Heather Miller, they should take advantage of that chance to do that, that chat with the judge thing that she's offering. So, uh, yeah. So there's a March 1st commission meeting. There was a couple, of course, James Gohagen's dentist was there. He now goes to all of them. Uh, Lydia Porter was there, who's running for commission, presiding commissioner. And uh, there was another gentleman there. It turns out later I found out he actually reads my blog, Among the Dogwoods, and listens to this show, so he might be listening right now. Awesome. The uh, and, and so during public comment normally a lot of times public comment nobody says anything it's basically hasty looks over at me and I shake my head that I don't have anything to say and then they move on and that's the end of it. Right. right? But this case he got up there and he was complaining about the uh, high speeds that th- that they're experiencing on Horseshoe Bend in their residential neighborhood. Uh, work trucks stuff like that driving like 50 60 or higher miles per hour. It's a 25 mile an hour zone Right, there's a lot of kids so they've had the sheriff's office come out a couple times and do you know traffic enforcement But I don't know if they're doing radar probably they have to do radar there. I don't think you can pace a car out there and um, so but the problem with it is you know, I mean Radar enforcement is effective because people are like, hey, watch out on this road because the deputies are always doing radar. I mean, after a while, locals know the the spots where the deputies might sit, and they tend to slow down. So that's the impact it has. Um, With tourists, that's not going to work because they don't know the neighborhood. They've probably never been there before. Right. And so they're just going to speed regardless. uh, And you can't just have a police car sitting there the whole time.
0: Now, here's here's the thing, and I don't know if you used to get on people for doing this or not. But if you were traveling in, let's say, the other direction, like uh, away from where it is that the officer is shooting radar, and so you get far enough away where he can't see your taillights, people turn on the headlights, flash the headlights, to get people coming in the other direction to slow down. Now, I've heard of people getting pulled over for that before.
8: Yeah, I think that, I don't know. Maybe in some states that's an offense. But uh, like, what are they going to try to say? It's obstruction of justice or something like that. I have no idea. Yeah,
0: hey, I'm just trying to help people uh, avoid, you know, driving too fast and getting a ticket. I love the sign though on your uh, your blog. Jesus is watching, but the police have radar. That's right. That's perfect.
8: Yeah, I mean LAPD pretty much only traffic units ran radar. We did. We had more. We had bigger fish to fry on patrol. Yeah. Uh, so we generally just paced cars. That's how we pulled people over. You pace them and. Basically, match speed and then say, "Okay, this guy's going eighty or something, then you pull him over for that. so, and our speedometers were all calibrated, so that's how we would make the comparison. there you go. um yeah, so it's an issue, so uh, basically the the guy our friendly reader and listener uh, said hey i don't I'm not trying to tell you guys how to solve it, but I just want to make you guys aware of it. I don't know if you want to put speed bumps out there or put radar signs, and then uh, commissioner Hasty basically told him that Actually, the county's not allowed to put speed bumps on county roads. Apparently, they did it once before, and they were sued over it, and they had to remove the speed bumps. I don't know if somebody's truck got damaged or who knows. but So it it actually ended up being an interesting thing because later on there was something that that they were purchasing that might actually help with this problem. Uh, Lydia Porter then got up. She's... I believe she's from out on Horseshoe Bend, too, so she was also got up there and basically talked about the same problems with high speeds. You know, I think one of the issues, too, is that the, the sheriff's deputies, they tend to run radar at the entrance to Horseshoe Bend. Uh, everyone knows to see them over there by the Blue Heron or one of those other spots sure. coming in, and, you know, that's great. But once you get into the interior roads, there actually aren't a lot of great spots, really, where you could, some of those roads, there's not a lot of areas where you could pull over and, and run radar very well. Um, But, yes, if that's the issue, it's kind of like they can't have a deputy 24-7 in case point running radar.
0: Well, once you go through the intersection and you're headed down Horseshoe Bend Parkway, it's 45 miles an hour through there, and then it splits from a single lane into dual lanes. Right. And that's where those people like to jump out into that left lane and put the hammer down. So that's why you see the the officers where you see them there, because that's probably the one spot where you can almost count on somebody flying it through there.
8: Yeah, I think the grass to the right of Duckhead is probably worn out from all the the vehicles that have been pulled over. You see him parked there behind in front of a deputy who's basically got his lights on. Yes, yeah, so so yeah, that was the issue. So uh, Lydia Porter did talk about it too. Um, you know, Horseshoe Bend, people might not be aware, but they pay a significant amount of money to the Sheriff's Department extra. I, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 grand every year. And the idea is that's supposed to pay for some extra salaries for deputies uh, to be assigned out there. Um, that doesn't mean they don't respond to other areas of Camden County sure. to back up, but the idea is that they're supposed to be there. So, I mean, the community is already kind of paying for it. Um, I know when the sheriff wanted his sales tax increase, he had said that that quarter-cent sales tax, which I think is... I want to say, with the new money, we're, it's going to bring in about 1.7 million a year. The way the sales are going currently, um, 760,000 of that was supposed to pay for 10 new deputies, their vehicles, all their equipment, their training. So, you know, it'd be interesting to find out um, how that's going now that this is kind of the first year of the sales tax. Have they made new hires or?
0: Right. When you look at that number, 760,000 dollars, does that seem about uh, about right, considering uh, you know you're talking about the hiring, the training, the equipment, in your uh, in your opinion, does that seem like a, a, about the right yeah, right size as far as the number is concerned? It, it,
8: it's seventy-six grand a deputy, basically. You know, you've got a vehicle, you've got a gun, you've got body armor, you've right. got, you know, uniforms. Um, I'm not sure how much the academies cost the departments, if they can send them for free um and you figure i think deputies maybe starting deputy now with the pay raises is, is probably making around 40 grand i yeah. think i think they they can make up to 20 22 23 an an hour now from where they were at about 14 um but yeah so that that'll be interesting here you know usually you'll see pictures like the, on the, the facebook site where hey we got these guys who graduated from the academy and we right, show the right. sheriff with them i don't see a lot of that so Uh, maybe they just haven't really publicized it. I know they've lost some senior personnel recently, so hopefully they're not going the wrong direction as far as the, you know, their manning. So, um, yeah, so that, that's basically maybe I I need to send somebody an email over there and find out how that's going or, or if I talked, I can probably talk to the sheriff at a commission meeting. He's usually pretty approachable. So, um, yeah, so that's it. That, so that's the, uh, that, that, that was that first public comment issue. Um, the first agenda item was the sheriffs want to buy three Tahoes. <coughs> so they're going to buy they're looking to buy three Tahoes. They couldn't get them in Missouri. They're going to try to buy them. I think it was out of Kentucky. Right. right? And it uh, sounded like they got a good price on it. It's 38 grand for a Tahoe is a pretty good deal. I think, um, you know, uh, I don't know if those are law enforcement package. Usually law enforcement package meant uh, like good suspension, better brakes, you know, you think, oh, that must mean it's a cage and lights. No, it's usually that stuff is all extra. So it's just generally the actual make of the car is you know, the kind of improvements they put in the actual chassis and all yeah. that stuff.
0: Are there certain types of requirements for those types of vehicles since they are used for law enforcement? Uh, and if so, is it the responsibility of uh, each individual sheriff's office, sheriff's department to make those modifications and pay for them? Or is that something that, you know, they have a place where they send them and it's all done? and?
8: Yeah, generally with us, we bought the cars, and then we had to install the the cage right. and the radio. You know, you've got a lot of equipment that has to go into that, uh, you know, a shotgun rack or whatever they're doing. Sure. If they've got a rifle rack in the car, um, that was all stuff that we had to add. Uh, LAPD was famous for not allowing us to have radios in the cars that we could listen to, and not allowing us to have cup holders. So the guys would always like, it meant usually like a pursuit led to a spilled big gulp all over the <laughs> place, and you know, it, it didn't make any sense. You might as well, when I switched to Ventura PD, they were nice, that was a, a richer city. Yeah. I was so excited, because there was a cup holder between the <laughs> seats, and they had a cool thing with the radio where you could listen to music, and when you went to pick up your mic, the volume on the radio would automatically turn down. That's so what was, you like, yeah. That was fancy. So, yeah. So usually, it's the department's responsibility to install all that stuff because that's going to be to their specifications, okay. like how they want the cage to look, and and uh, sometimes they'll rip out the back seats and put in hard back seats or so uh-huh. plastic seats. Uh, like a plastic bench seat for a suspect that, or something.
0: That require a minimal, when it comes to cleaning, you can hit it with a hose and, and exactly. you're good to go. <laughs> yeah,
8: and, and so they can't, like, try to pull the dope out of their back pocket and wedge it down between the seats. I see. That was always the thing. Like, you had to inspect your car before shift because you you could go look under there sometimes and you would see, like, a bag of dope yeah. or, like, a gun or something that somebody would slipped down there. So you always had to make sure that you checked the, uh, the interior of the car before and after shift.
0: So... Obviously, they share vehicles on shifts. So, did you go back to the officer who used it prior and say, "Hey, you forgot something"? Oh yeah, I'd be like, "You got to book this." <laughs> well, what's funny too
8: is once I was on training and I had uh, gotten, a, I was in my second phase of training at right. LAPD, which is. In the first phase, you trained with training officers who were, like, good at it, and they were, they were basically, their rank was that they were supposed to be training you. In the second phase, they just stuck you with some random officer who you rode around with. And, you know, those guys were mixed as far as how excited they were to be working with a brand-new rookie. <laughs> and I, I had one partner who, uh, he was kind of a jerk, and he was always trying to test me. Uh-huh. So he actually had his backup gun, which was a small revolver, and he stuck it under the back seat. And so when I, he goes, I went in, I, I got the equipment, I loaded up the car. Meanwhile, he's just relaxing with his feet up back at the station, talking to his buddies because he knows I'm washing the car, <laughs> logging on, getting all our gear in there. So I look under the seat and I see a revolver under there. And I'm like, oh. He's, so I took it. Uh-huh. So uh, he came out and he's like, hey, so how'd everything go? I'm like, oh, good. No problems. He goes, did you check the car? I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it's clean. <laughs> he's like, are you sure? Did you check? So he looks under there, the gun's not there. So he's like, he's like. And he used stronger language. He's like, you better tell me right now where my gun is. I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about any gun. Like, no, it's great. Oh, he's so mad. So like, I let him go for about 10 minutes, and I gave him his gun back. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, paybacks, you know what they say about paybacks, right? It was, so,
8: just, it was just too good to not mess with them.
0: <laughs> like any job, there are the pros and the cons. And, uh, you know, certain people know how to take advantage of other people when you're working. But, uh, again, Dave had the opportunity to uh, jump in and, and uh, mess with this guy a little bit. Let's uh, let's hold things uh, right here for now. We're going to jump in and take a quick information break, uh, our bottom-of-the-hour information break, our final information break for uh, the day, for the week, courtesy of our friends Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source, and, yes, Chris Schneider. Uncle Chris from Lake TV with a check of sports back with more with Dave Moppen among the Dogwoods talking about Camden County Commission meetings. We'll get to as much stuff as we can pack in following our information break. And you're invited to join the conversation as well. 573 633 5395.
1: Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News cut for Friday, March 4th. It's the winter drawdown. The Lake of the Ozarks water level has dropped to 654 feet of elevation, about 6 feet below its summertime level. Waterfront homeowners may find their docks on dry ground, but the drawdown isn't all bad. With the water level so low, it's a good time for riprap seawall construction and seawall repairs. A hot dry Wednesday brought grass fires to the lake area. Four grass and vegetation fires occurred. Three fires were in Osage Beach and a large ground cover fire was handled by Mid-County Fire Protection District with Osage Beach assisting. If you're wondering whether it's safe to burn, call the fire district burn notification line at 573-346-3262 to find out if it is a burn day the st charles boat show is happening now at the st charles convention center the show brings lake of the ozarks marine dealers to the st louis area through sunday and will be the only boat show in st louis this year so if you're in the st louis area and looking for your next dream boat Or just want to dream of boating for a day? Now you know what to do this weekend. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life. lakeexpo.com
0: Portions of the programming on key radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source.
2: Chris Schneider with your key radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday. High School Basketball District Tournament Championship tonight at Osage High School. It will be Versailles and Fairgrove playing for the right to advance into the state playoffs. Versailles got there with a big win over California in the semifinal, 82 to 80. The Tigers 20-9 on the season now. California season ended with a 19-6 record. Fairgrove Osage, uh, 66-54 in the semifinal to advance. So again tonight it's Versailles and Fairgrove for the district final in high school basketball. Max Creek boys and girls coach Ron Dugan featured on this week's Lake TV High School basketball coaches show. You can see that every day at 10-2-6. Dugan's uh, Lady Pirates team finished with a 23-3 record. They had the best record of a local team of any of the teams. College basketball weekend, It is the MSU Bears opening play in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament tonight. Quarterfinal round, number one seed in the tournament is Northern Iowa. MSU, the Bears, number two seed, Drake at three, Loyola four. Loyola, Chicago, the reigning champion and favorites. And uh, Bradley has won two of the last three conference tournaments, so they're also a favorite. Missouri State, very good this year, though. The Bears, 22-9. and as they go into conference tournament play. Major League Baseball should be playing some spring training games right about now and gearing up for a new season. Instead, they're fighting over a new working agreement. Early regular season games have already been canceled. This is baseball's ninth work stoppage. Players have been locked out since December 1st. Hockey play: St. Louis Blues losing earlier in the week against the Rangers. They'll be at the Islanders to play again tomorrow. Mizzou baseball six and one to start the season. They go into a weekend series against Tarleton. Mizzou softball: the Lady Tigers twelve and four. They've got Bradley on the schedule this weekend, and the NASCAR boys will be at Las Vegas this weekend. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin K.B. Burns, 7, 5, and 11 every day. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour almost every hour. He's hilarious. Lake TV can be seen on Como Channel 90, free on Roku and streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Friday
0: portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring Cup
2: of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, Live High School Sports, Real Estate, Dining, Boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozarks Shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening
5: on Lake TV. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Expo. If worldview has such a powerful hold over people, how do we overcome it? Hillary Clinton's mentor, Saul Alinsky, advocated a ruthless process of fragmenting society into classes, using ridicule and peer pressure to change people's minds. Alinsky believed that honorable people would be helpless because they would continue to seek the high road, and the load road would overwhelm them. Donald Trump astutely shook things up by not being such a high road conservative, and the Alinsky inspired media has gone nuts. Over it. It's highly entertaining, maybe even game changing, but not a strategy Bible believers can embrace. We are called to be salt and light in order to overcome the worldview of the enemy. The hero of a superhero show was told that his real power was his goodness. The Lord's goodness is our superpower, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this present darkness.
0: Thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. Eighty-nine point three, the key. Welcome back. It is nine thirty-seven. We are up to fifty-three degrees, and we've only got another twenty degrees uh, to go to reach our afternoon high of seventy-three. Drop down to fifty-six. Back up to seventy-four for the high tomorrow. Looks like we're going to see some clouds, probably some rain at some point this weekend. Uh, the odds-on favorite is uh, Sunday, when we are looking at a chance of some rain mainly in mainly I'm sorry in the afternoon and evening, and then some of that may carry over into Monday where we could see some uh, morning snow showers. 74 the high Saturday, 58 on Sunday, 40 the high on Monday, back up to 50 on Tuesday. We'll get into the uh, low 60s, and then a couple of days of uh, 30 degree weather back into the 50s and up and down we go. Again, uh, our guest is Mr. Dave Moppet with the blog Among the Dogwoods. Very easy for you to uh, be a part of and get involved with that. And as we went to the break, we were talking about uh, uh, the purchase of some Tahoes for the Sheriff's Department and kind of talking about how they equip them and the various things that uh, uh, the uh, Sheriff's Department has to go through. Uh, But you said uh, these Tahoes were about $38,000 each. And that sounds like a relatively reasonable price, and uh, it's it's all up to, I guess, how the sheriff's department chooses to use them.
8: Yeah, and like I said, I'm, I'm pretty confident that at that low price, a lot of times you, they'll give discounts for law enforcement, right. so you get like a vehicle discount. That that probably is most likely not including all the extra police equipment that you'd need for a patrol vehicle. Um uh, Everyone kind of agreed it was a good price. The commissioners had a couple minor questions. Uh, the problem was that the patrol commander who would normally have been there was actually testifying in court. Oh. So the guys that were there from the sheriff's office were actually from the jail. And they didn't have 100% of the answers, but it, it didn't seem like it was going to be a big deal. So basically they, they decided that they would approve the purchase of the Three Tahoes for $45,000 or less, basically up to forty five grand and uh it's i'm pretty sure that's going to come out of the sheriff's budget but you know even though the sheriff has his own budget he still has to get it purchases approved by the commission right so uh yeah that's where that went so a uh, second item was radar signs for the horseshoe bend road district now i'm not sure if these are signs i think they said these signs could be deployed anywhere within the county uh-huh. even though they're being built or, or billed toward the horseshoe bend I think uh, and I don't I got the impression that these aren't like stationary signs these might be these ones you can pull up and move around so uh, but the interesting thing I didn't really understand about the signs is the biggest factor for them is making them impervious to attack like most of the selling features of them were they, it has like a blast shield on it or something something they advertise it like a blast plate uh,
0: a blast shield
8: allegedly it's imp- almost impervious to gunfire, like it can't be, it's it's supposed to be bulletproof. Uh, I guess a lot of people like driving by and taking shots at, at the radar signs. or
0: uh, Like anything else. And, and If it's there, then, you know, somebody wants to do something to vandalize it.
8: I mean, I kind of figured it was a radar sign. Basically, its main function is just to tell you how fast you're going, It maybe blink or to turn lights on. I didn't realize its main feature was trying to just survive in a combat environment. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like a it's got something that I'd never heard of and this is what made this a unique product it's it, got possum mode. So if you somebody gets out and starts attacking the thing and beating on it it's it's designed to shut down for 30 minutes and then uh basically play dead. So it it acts like it's been destroyed. And then 30 minutes later when the guy's worn himself out and walks (laughs) off, it then kicks back on and starts checking radar again.
0: That would explain the possum on Dave's blog here.
8: You know, and I actually think I might start putting more possums in my blog because that was probably, I got a lot of traffic and I suspect that 50% of that traffic was because people wanted to know what was going on with that possum. (laughs) But yes, so these things are going to cost $3,500 a piece. Right. They're going to get six of them. and. You know, I mean, maybe this is something that, the, like the the gentleman who was complaining about the speed, who had the issue with the speed. Maybe if they put it up there, um, sometimes it's just that people aren't aware of how fast, like what the speed limits are. I mean, I have that happen with me where I'm driving and I'm suddenly I'm like, what's the speed limit here? Like, it's suddenly I'm not. Who knows?
0: I uh, I will say, and, and, and don't ask me how I know this, but I have seen people put those signs up before, and they stay in an area for a. Uh, A relatively decent amount of time, and so after the first couple of times of going by that sign, you know it's there, and so I know somebody who tries to go by the sign and see how how fast they can go by to run up the speed limit. Going for a record? Because it'll flash (laughs) flash once you go over, like uh, they've got them on Highway 5, as you uh, turn off of 7 on to 5, headed south towards Camdenton, and then coming over the bridge to let to let you know that they've got signage there, but then once you get down to that shopping center where Lake TV and uh, Dollar General is and all those other uh, stores in that strip mall, they've got one of those there, and the speed limit is 50 miles per hour, and if you're going too fast, go 51, 52, it, it starts blinking at you.
8: So is the goal you're trying to see, like, which lights, maybe more lights go on the faster you are? Finally, like, you hit the jackpot, and then the thing starts, like, ringing or a siren or... Give! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bells and whistles and, and coins start coming yeah, out of exactly. it.
8: exactly. So, yeah, so that, that was basically... It. They basically had the Tahoes and the radar signs, and that was that was that for that meeting. Uh, there was a March 3rd meeting. This is going to be an exclusive for the radio show because I've been so busy trying to... to to carry my wife's job uh which by the way i'm sure she's listening honey you're doing a great job believe me nobody could replace you uh the uh
0: what I, dave is saying is he's learned how to appreciate you even more uh, we
8: all miss you come back soon <laughs> <laughs> the uh yeah so i haven't written this one up yet but we can still talk about it because i have sure. notes so it was a march 3rd meeting uh, there was public comment and all commissioners were there and it was interesting because one of the One of the deputies got up, I believe he's a deputy, and uh, basically asked about the premium pay. So we had talked about this before. It was supposed to be some of the federal ARPA money. The commission back in December had talked about uh, basically doing premium pay. We can't call it a bonus. It's not Bill would call it a bonus. We can't call it a bonus. You're not allowed. But basically people who'd worked through COVID and uh, through the COVID phase and were still employed by the county, they could be given like a one-time Basically, it, it's a bonus, right? But we—it's our right. way of saying thank you for sticking with us. So there was a bunch of different things that had been proposed. Uh, one of them was it would be based on years in service. So right. maybe if somebody couldn't have gotten hired a month before. They might get a thousand dollars, while somebody had been ten years with the county might get twenty-five hundred. But that was generally the range. It was about a thousand, sure, sure. two thousand dollars. So that had been discussed in December and this was a an article i wrote where basically there was this big discussion about whether or not it could be done legally they said they were going to get a a legal opinion and then uh, people were asking you're paying this consultant like hundreds of thousands of dollars to to help you with the arpa money why don't you ask them they should be able to give you a legal opinion yeah, on what you can use right it. but uh what happens a lot of times with the commission is they talk about this stuff and then it never comes back up again so they They had been saying at the commission meeting that they wanted to get an answer for the employees before Christmas, uh-huh. and now it's March first, March third, and it's never been revisited again.
0: Well, now you heard what Biden said in his State of the Union address about uh the money that they're giving out the ARPA They're going to create a department that is going to explore uh possibly some issues involving fraud and whether or not the money is being used properly, if it's being distributed properly, if it's being used for what it's supposed to be used for. And uh, so uh, I guess they better make a decision. And if they have some questions, maybe that's the, the department that they can look to to see if uh, if these folks are utilizing the money that's being distributed from the federal government down to the states, down to the counties, and on down the line. Just better make sure you're doing to right You
8: you could get a visit. How much Arpa money is it going to cost to set
0: up that department to watch the people spending the Arpa money? Exactly.
8: Absolutely.
0: You <laughs> don't. You mean we don't already have people in place that can handle that?
8: I, I think we do. I think yeah. there's plenty of federal law enforcement agents that can be doing this kind of stuff. So so yeah. So that was the big thing. So the issue I had with it was, you know, like I said, a lot of these issues come up, they get tabled, and it never gets brought back again. Right. It never gets put back on the right. agenda. So. It turns out, basically, the auditor said he'd been wait. Everything was ready. He was basically had been waiting on this legal opinion. Uh, Commissioner Hasty hadn't wanted to go forward with the premium pay until he had a confirmation, like a legal opinion from an attorney, who said it was legal. Um, apparently, they had had that. Uh, they'd gotten that opinion, but still, for a couple months, nothing had been done about it. So they decided that. Uh, apparently, at this point, many counties, according to the Missouri Association of Counties, have used ARPA money for this. Uh, Camden, I know for a fact, is using it for this. We, we talked about that four or five months ago, that Camden was going to do it. And so it seems like it is legal, so they're going to uh, come up, they're going to put it on the agenda. They're going to basically come up with some different plans. It's, it, it might cost a little bit more. It uh, depends depending on what plan they pick. It could be anywhere from 800000 to $1.2 million in cost. Well. Because one of the issues is uh, the ARPA money can't be used for the pension. So I guess when you pay someone money then you have to pay into loggers or any of their other uh, or their benefits so while you can maybe give them a bonus not a bonus but you also have to match benefits I guess and other stuff I don't know why you would match benefits on a, a premium pay payment but huh. I don't understand how payrolls work out here either so um so it's actually going to be a little bit more. It's not like you can just say we got three hundred employees, we're going to give them two grand a piece. It's going to be six hundred thousand right. dollars. There's extra costs that come along with that, with the benefits packages and with the uh, the pension contributions. So, so yeah, so they're going to put it on the agenda. They're going to try to see if they can get that through. Uh, they had February tax abatements. They were all ratified, no problem. Um, and then there was uh, an E nine one one road name change. So basically, when you want to change a road in Camden County, like a road name, right. you have to get that cleared through E911. And, uh, you know, the guy did a good job up there explaining it. Basically, one of the things they look at is they want to make sure there's not going to be any confusion among deputies about what the road name is. So you can't have, like, Carroll Drive and then Karen Drive. Like, if, you know, if it's too close in name, right. they want sure. deputies to clearly, or if it's Pleasant Bay Drive Court, they don't want to there also be a Pleasant Bay Court, you know, because then... They want to make sure that they know what street they're at when they call out at it. So this was, uh, I think, the Pebble Bay Club Drive was the one they wanted to do it. Uh, I think it was Adams Ale Drive before. Adams Ale. And I guess, it, yeah, I think it might have been a brewery or something. But now they're, I guess maybe they're doing a resort out there. Uh-huh. So, yeah, the, basically the property owner owns all the land that the road accesses. There's no one else that needs to sign off sure. on it. So he has the sole signature. And so they basically, that's what they ended up doing. And uh, the the deputy did mention something else, too. He was basically saying that, uh, you know, their system is the best system for figuring out where the the patrol cars are going. They get, I guess, map directions when they get assigned a call. But he basically said that no one should be using Google Maps. Like, if anybody finds out that the emergency (laughs) services, when they respond, got there by trying to use Google Maps to locate the address, they should notify the sheriff's department right away (laughs) to make sure that that never happens again. Because apparently Google Maps hasn't updated in years and the local Camden County system is regularly updated. So, Then they went into closed session. Uh-oh. So, and I assume that's about the IT policy. So,
0: Well, here's what's interesting. I mean, you were looking for some sort of legal clarification on some of this money and how it's to be used. Don't they have somebody there that helps them with that? Don't they have a guy that? Yeah i mean they shouldn't get, that guy know or should he, he be looking into it for him i mean <laughs> what do they pay him for i think he's on
8: vacation now oh is he <laughs> he wasn't there but you know he was at the meeting back that's one of the things i was wondering when when they were talking about it back in december i mean charlie was up there and i'm like okay you're the legal advisor yeah. the commission like this might be something you would weigh in on what are you paying him for yeah i mean i think he gets like 70 80 grand for that that job so so yeah that's interesting i didn't know if I didn't really know how they go about renaming roads, or I guess they got to really keep on track of it for their system. So that was basically how that all went down.
0: So there you go, folks. That's uh, the last two Camden County Commission meetings, March 1st, March 3rd. And uh, we still have a little time left, so did you want to share some information on uh, (coughs) the School of the Osage?
8: Yeah, I can go over the meeting real quick. I went to the Board of Education meeting on the 28th. These meetings are brutal. I mean, I I definitely prefer commission meetings because the, the the board of education meetings are, are long. Right. I mean, they're not as bad as some, I guess, but it's just it's. I'm basically doing this as a service to my community. <laughs> it's it, so. Uh, they, they had it in another location this time. This time it was in the field house. So now we've had it in the Archive Room. We've had it in the the, the Gymnatorium or whatever that gymnatorium, was. Gymnatorium, right. We had it in the theater, and now we had it in the field house because I believe they had like parent-teacher parent, teacher conferences going on at the Osage High School.
0: The in, field house
8: Right. So we were in the field house and, you know, it's, they're back to the U-shape. So they just had chairs. They're all sitting in the U-shape. No microphones this time. So it's been pretty much different every single time I've gone to a meeting. One of the interesting things that came out of this too was that th- th- recently they instead of doing they used to do an open session and they'd have a working session and instead of the working session they decided they were going to do committees so they basically broke it up to three committees that would then meet at like really unusual times like 730 in the morning or 10 and there were some suspicious people who said oh are they trying to just make it more difficult for people to actually attend these meetings right but it turns out that they're, they're talking about going back to working sessions because so many of the committee meetings had to be canceled because of weather and they just weren't getting the time to meet, and they've got projects they have to approve. You know, they've, they've got this big storm shelter uh, construction project that's getting ready to, to get, have the bids come in. Yes. So, so I think they're going back to the, the old way of two months ago.
0: I wonder, you know, if you keep mixing it up and then there's really no definite pattern that they take each time that they have a meeting, uh, I would kind of fall into uh, line with some of the people who are a little bit suspicious about why is it that you keep changing it up? Why can't you just let us know how you're going to do things, and that's the way you do things? If you're going to change it up, then let people know ahead of time if there's a change in the, in the time when everybody's going to be meeting. And I know traditionally, I, I think even uh, Campton has done this before, where they have meetings early, early, early in the morning. And so I don't know if that's uh, an opportunity to throw people off the trail or if we need to have somebody like uh, Dave at School of the Osage or Camdenton to to record what's going on with those meetings so that people uh, can then have an idea. They have some sort of written dialogue that they can go back and review.
8: Yeah, I mean there are two ways to yeah, you they maybe they're just trying something new or maybe it is there is some nefarious design behind it It is kind of funny though that if they were trying to make it harder for us to attend They actually made it harder for themselves to attend and they actually had to give it up And go back to the original way, which oh, I think man. I think makes more sense just do a working session yeah. once a month and do an open session once a month um, So some kids got up there and talked about the vision council um um, that, that was i'm not quite sure what that was all about i guess they have a some kind of student input group or right uh and then there's uh, the academic they talked about the academic calendar they decided to uh to i think they decided to pass the academic calendar that the staff had recommended i believe that's what it was right uh there was a contract section there was a which included the head start MOU basically an MOU that head started given the school and so it was a standard MOU they said and then the, the, uh, that was approved. Uh, the, the athletic director wanted to purchase a new scheduling system. And basically, they had an old scheduling system. You know, for an athletic director, it's tough to schedule all these different events. Right. And who needs the basketball courts and who's using this? And they've also got off-campus off, off uh, campus groups that maybe, hey, we're, we're having a 10-year and under basketball tournament. Can we use the gym for this period? And so they, they want to be able to schedule all that stuff. Their old software that they use for that is outdated. Uh, the company's gone out of business. And so he just wanted to buy a new one. And it was like, it was so low based on what I my commission meetings you know it costs seventeen hundred and forty five dollars to for the first year to put the training and then like a thousand dollars a year after that and i was just kind of like oh yeah that's like nothing (laughs) because i'm used to commission meetings where things are costing like three hundred and eighty thousand dollars um one of the uh the uh the board members dale law asked if the kids who do like computer programming at the school if maybe right. they couldn't design something like that but i guess the issue is that just the, the effort and everything to to go and develop it is almost more than just paying the thousand dollars to it would be called more costly to develop it as a school project than it would be to just have the system it's not a bad idea so yeah it seemed kind of like a no-brainer it wasn't really a controversial thing um there was a presentation based on the school counseling program at the, at the school district. Um, the, the gist of it is that the, the counselors are pretty much overwhelmed. Um, they've, they've had a lot of issues with, uh, you know, they've got a lot of different functions. They want to do some education in the classrooms. Right. They want to handle issues. They want to also guide the kids academically. Plus, they also have to respond to, uh, you know, issues like, you know, with issues that kids have or problems that kids have. They have a response that they have to go out to and talk to the kid and bring them in and counsel them. So, right now, the responsive interventions right. have been taking up most of their time.
0: So, I, I mean, explain how they're they're overwhelmed or whatever they use to. Just say that they're overwhelmed. I mean, do they have like like a lot of kids concerned about COVID or what's going on at like home or suicide, suicide really? stuff or wow. like, and not
8: just that, but I mean, it's just general emotional issues or like you know maybe discipline things or I, I guess things just where they have to a counselor has to intervene and right. basically go in and, and talk to a kid and do, it, uh, apparently back in the day the, the, they were called guidance counselors. Right. Um, at some point they changed that. Uh, in, I think in 2016 they became counselors, uh-huh. and so then they took on this this extra responsibility of of the emotional welfare of the kids and all this extra stuff. Um, well, basically, they they think they're a little undermanned because all their attention is being basically taken up by having to respond to issues with the kids, uh, as opposed to being able to educate in the classrooms. Not sure what they were educating. I don't know what their curriculum is.
0: And I guess you, you really know. can't. Um... When something happens, when an issue happens, it's not something you can just, you know, put on a calendar somewhere. I'll deal with it uh, tomorrow, next week, week after that, whenever I can get to it. Depending on the severity of the situation, there are probably certain issues that require uh, being dealt with immediately.
8: Yeah, and I think that's the problem. It's like it's hard for them to predict when it's going to happen, right? right? So you might be planning on teaching a class and suddenly someone calls and say, hey, we need a counselor over here because this kid just had an issue. So, uh-huh. um, so they basically wanted more counselors. That was the gist of that they wanted them to hire more uh, uh, there was an update on all the the academic performance dr. st. John was up there um, basically sh- the message there is everything's great everything's wonderful like uh, and I, I didn't see I didn't have the handout with me that she was going off of there wasn't like a slide presentation but she is definitely a very, very uh, uh, glasses half-full person yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean Doctor St. John, I think she should actually be a doctor because, like, she could probably tell you you had cancer, but then she would tell you like all the upsides of cancer, yeah. like you have know, a great time to buy life insurance if you want to, they, just whatever. I mean, she could she could give you the worst medical news and make it seem so positive. I, I think she's just a very uh, po- positive person. I, we never hear a lot of bad news. There was an interesting thing I thought that she said. I'm trying to find it in my notes. So one of, one of the board of education members, I guess, asked about a particular grade that wasn't doing as great. And her response, like, what are we going to do about this grade? Uh-huh. And she said, we're going to be searching for those bright spots and pulling back the layers. I was like, I guess she's talking about trying to find the students that are performing well and like figure out what they're. Uh, it's just, it was interesting.
0: You have to be, that's one of those things where you have to be a good diplomat as, as a school superintendent, because no matter what you say, it, it's like being a presiding commissioner. It's like being uh, a mayor. It's like being president of the United States. Whatever you say, whatever you do, you're not going to make 100% of the people happy 100% of the time. So you have to be able to, to handle things in such a way, obviously, that that makes sense uh, and, and, and try to... If you don't make everybody happy, it maybe I don't know. Maybe just give them the warm fuzzy feeling.
8: Yeah, part of the problem is I, like, you know, I mean, maybe the report was all good. I mean, I kind of looked through it a little bit. Um, the I think the issue is if you're always going to be upbeat about everything and right. ne- never say, "Hey, there are issues here," then people start to wonder. Like, you know, I mean, if it's always good news, yeah. sometimes you yeah. want get s- you got to hear some tough truths about different yeah. groups. Yeah, and, absolutely. But I don't get a lot of that from those presentations. So, uh, who knows? I mean. And there's a lot of doctors. Is it something with teachers where they're always calling themselves doctor all the time? Well, like, they this, get their
0: doctorate, and so they, you know, their master's makes them a doctor. So. Well, I,
8: I got a bachelor's degree. I didn't run around the police station calling myself Bachelor Dave all the time. <laughs> I don't think Monica would have liked that very much.
0: Well, probably not, but uh, we certainly appreciate his efforts. Dave Maupin joining us, and uh, we'll get you back in here next Friday. to. Uh,